Hey there, everyone, and welcome back to Crash Couch, Random Chatter's official podcast for the Expanse TV series on Sci-Fi Channel. Uh, we are a man down tonight, unfortunately. Um, Eric had some things come up at the last minute, so he was unable to join us tonight. Uh, but I Eric have... always has things come up, you know? I know. He always has some kind of excuse. <laughs> Uh, but as you can That's hear, okay. we do have Lou. So yes, yes, I'm here. Yes, how are you, Lou? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I, I hope you're doing better than some of the uh, characters in the episodes we're going to discuss tonight. <laughs> yeah. So uh, last week I mentioned, uh, I think I mentioned on the show that um, there was a spoiler that I found out about uh, before, like when the episode aired, and you know I didn't watch it. Um, and I found out about it later, but I had forgotten it. Well, I, it was during one of these episodes, and I remember it now. So, But it still surprised me when it happened. Okay, so, well, when we get to that part, you let me know what it was, because right. I'm interested to hear what, what it was you got spoiled. So uh, tonight we we're going to be talking about episodes 3, 4, and 5, uh, those being Remember the Cant, CQB, and Back to the Butcher. Um, so without further, further ado, let's uh, just start with Remember the Cant. Um... So, <laughs> Lou, you, I, I if if I recall, you told me that you did not watch this uh, recently. You're just you're a little fuzzy with the synopsis, right? Yeah. See, I I, I was gonna wait and do them as we did the episodes, and we got so far behind, we didn't get to do it. I'm, like, I'm just gonna start watching these because I really want to see these TV shows. So I watched them a few weeks back, and I'm trying to go back and rewatch them again, but I haven't rewatched these three recently. So I'm a little bit fuzzy. I know what happened in the whole storyline. I've read the book, so I know what happened there, and that's where kind of some of that confusion does set in with me because it's you know what happened in the book versus what happened in the TV show. Uh, which one was which? So I'm trying to get that in my mind straight. Okay. Good news is I'm finally starting to remember uh, character names and factions oh, good. and stuff like that. I'm a little fuzzy with you know some other things, but uh, for the most well, there's part, there's a lot I going on. A lot of yeah. people, you know, three different um, governments. So yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. and and another thing is that so most of the names are pretty uh, easy to remember. They're like they're like they're not made up sci-fi names, which I like. Yeah, uh, but. Um, you know, some of the, like the, like Belter, I mean, that's an easy thing to remember, but that's an example of a non, you know, normal everyday use. That's more yeah. of a story thing here. Yep. Uh, but episode two ended with, uh, the crew on, I don't even know if that ship had a name that they were on, um, Holden's crew getting captured by the Martian, uh, Navy or the Mars Navy. Uh, yeah, I really the, need uh... to stop calling the Martians, but. <laughs> Even though right, I, no I the um, the ship they were almost called the night. The night that, that okay. was the uh, the shuttlecraft from the uh, um, the Canterbury. Mm-hmm. And you know the easy way to remember, you know, I don't, you know, I don't think of them as a Martian. To tell you the truth, I, you know, I I like the term the the MCRN. Yeah. Uh, so I I do I do get that in my mind a lot. So it's the the Marsh Congressional Republic Navy, mm-hmm. which that uh, was pretty pretty cool way to put it. So they were uh, picked up by the Mars Navy and. Uh, this episode, at least with that, this storyline, I will kind of, rather than just going, you know, the way the episode does it, we'll just kind of summarize what happens, uh, in the, um, for each, the three main storylines as they develop, uh, first one for Holden. So they get captured, uh, they get put in, um, prison cells individually, uh, except for Alex. 
And uh, I, I don't know if you remember this, Lou, but uh, they were scanning each member. Um, they had like a soldier or somebody scanning each member of the uh, of the crew. And then when they got to Alex, uh, he had a weird beep. So mm-hmm. he didn't get taken into uh, custody. He went somewhere else. Well, uh, we come to find out that he used to be in the Mars Navy. Right. I think he said for, what, 20 years? I think so, Something yeah. like that. It, it wasn't a short stint. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so, you know, you're, you're starting to think that maybe, you know, we're, we're, there, there's, there's things about these characters that, you know, we might not necessarily know yet. And, mm-hmm. you know, who knows what side they're on, really. Well, you know, it, it, the one thing they did mention in the first episode or second episode, and definitely mentioned in the book as well, Everybody on the Canterbury was hiding from something or, yeah. or running from something or they were there because they didn't want to be somewhere else. Yeah. So now we're starting to find out more and more about these characters in, 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 in general. And this one, Alex, you know, what, what his backstory is a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so the, I don't know if you want to call it the interrogator, uh, gets each one of the crew members and interrogates them. Um, I can't remember who's first. I, th- I think it might have been Holden first, or uh, maybe the medic. Um, Shed. Uh, Shed. Yeah, I don't remember exactly, but uh, so they get interrogated, and apparently, okay, so you you might have to help me out with this. The interrogator took a pill of some kind, and it made his eyes, his his pupils, and his eyes like go weird. And I don't know what the pills were for. You know, I, I saw that in your notes, and I'm not sure myself either. I don't remember the pill from the... Now that you're mentioning what his eyes did, and if I remember the visual, but I don't remember what the pill was about. I don't know if it was something about him interfacing with the computer or something, or how he... Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't remember. I, okay. I wish I did. <laughs> maybe maybe we'll have to ask Eric on when he comes back. The we fact that we don't yep. know that, we will blame that on Eric. So. Sure, there we go. It's Eric's fault. Um, I... I, I my hunch is that it has something to do with um, maybe like trying to get the information out of the other person or like it gives them the ability to like maybe focus in on uh, things more easily. I don't know. It, um, it, it might have increases his, his awareness of things. I yeah. mean, there's there, there is no mind reading or anything like that in, in the, in the show or in the book. So, uh, you know, it's not nothing to do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, if anybody out there knows, you know, please write into us and let us know too, because I, I don't remember that at all from the show. Yeah, I'm going to go back and watch the episode and pick up on that if I can. Uh, so one one observation I liked here, uh, and we we see this more when we see more members of the uh, Mars Navy. I love their uniforms. Uh, they're they're yeah. simple, and they're, they're not they're not. Um, they're not but really they extravagant, look, but they're simple. Yeah, and they but look they look slick. polished. They look you know they look badass you know maybe yeah. people say that it's, you know they, they have that that hard edge to them that makes them feel like they're a real slick sharp clean neat you know military operation mm-hmm. um yeah that that was one one little uh detail that i really liked um and something we find out during one of the interrogations i think it was the one with uh with holden they imply that Naomi may have been working with the OPA at some point. Right. So this isn't something that's really resolved yet in the next few episodes. Um, but it is mentioned, you know, multiple times and we never really 
you know, get a concrete answer from her, even though they do interrogate her and we do see it on screen. So, right. And, you know, they're also pitting the three of them against each other. The fact that we have, you know, an earth, you know, person, we have a, a Martian and we have an OPA or, you know, a belter. Yeah. So, you know, the, the OPA is the Art of Planets Alliance and they are the, the outskirts, the, the belters, the people living out there on the fringes. And we're learning that these three groups are really at odds with each other. And now three of them are on the ship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, okay, they're going to be, a, they, they, they escape together, but now do they really know each other? How well do they work together on the cant? How much do they know each other on the cant? That kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, another thing I was um, looking at was uh, Naomi specifically seems to be more. I don't want to say educated, but she seems to be more, um, well, she is more educated, but I, I feel like she is better in tune with the things going on around her than the other crew members. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, no, I get that too. I mean, she is definitely, well, she's the engineer, so she's she's very polished, she's very professional, she knows her stuff. Um, you know, the other people you've got, you know, the pilot who's kind of keeping to himself a little bit. You've got James who is, is you know, he's not, um, um, I mean, he was the first officer because he was promoted to it. He didn't want to be, he just was kind of like kind of coasting by. So he's not the guy that's kind of in charge of things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, again, it's these three dynamics of people that you're put together that I think is very interesting. Yeah. Um, so that, that, that's really the only thing that happens uh with the uh w- with Holden's crew um episode 3 i i liked but it just it i i feel like again it didn't really have too many major story developments going on um really until the end uh as f- for uh Christian we find out that um she's basically saying that the that um Mars did not destroy the Canterbury um, I can't remember her reasoning for it. I'm. <laughs> this is terrible, but when it comes to the political related scenes and her in general, like it has nothing to do with her. Like she's really good, uh, the act, the actresses, and I don't mind her character. It's just, it's not that interesting yet. So, and and for me, it's more of the fact that she wasn't in the TV show, or sorry, so she wasn't in the book. Yeah. Um, until the second one, so. For me, you know, I've, I've read the book twice. It, it resonates more with me than the TV show does, and I'm I'm not sure, you know, how much what she's doing now really means a lot to the story. It will. It's yeah. just not right right yet. And I actually uh, looked up a review of this episode when I watched it. Just cause I was curious if anyone else had um, those that same opinion, and. Uh, I can't remember where I read the interview or not the interview, the review from, but uh, it was also someone who had not read the books. They were just following the series. And um, they said that the scenes are more, they work for, you know, that they don't like take you out of the, out of the show or out of the episode. Um, But you can kind of tell that they don't necessarily matter and that they're there just to kind of remind the viewer, Hey, this character still exists. She's important. We just don't mm-hmm. know how yet. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, there, and I think her storyline right now is so secondary. 
it's just kind of setting the stage for how volatile you know the political factions are right at the moment. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was volatile in the book, but you really didn't get that till the second um, book, in my opinion. Um, it really built to, built up to a, to a real head of steam in the second book. In the first book, it was just yeah, we knew when it was there, but there really wasn't much about it yet. Mm-hmm. Um. So that's really it for her. Um, she talks to one of her friends, um, from the, from, I guess that represents Mars and he ended up, his actions, uh, kind of, I don't want to say she betrays him or anything, but, uh, she kind of lets out some information that really helps them come to the conclusion that Mars couldn't have been the ones that destroyed the, uh, Canterbury, mm-hmm. which is interesting because uh as we will see uh now uh everybody on Sirius Station thinks that Mars did destroy the cant because of uh you know Holden's message. So uh Miller this week has to deal with um not only the uh the the protest about the water um going on but he also has to deal with all the uh the the you know the um, people rebelling against Mars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, that was the thing. I mean, when that happened, when that message got out in the book, um, it was a huge event because now, you know, everybody's up in arms over the fact that that Mars may have destroyed the ship, and and you know, what are they doing, and how is this going to affect everything else? It was it was a really big power play, mm-hmm. um, and it was also a lot of a lot of blowback against Holden. And you didn't see too much of that in in the series, really. Um, I mean, there was a tension over him releasing that message in in the end of the um, you know second episode, where he does the broadcast about that. But it was it was the whole thing of that it got out, and it's like, well, he's really just given the truth, but or he's given the facts, yeah. <laughs> you know. But the facts without any context to him can be very volatile and be very damaging to you know a status quo or a peace. Exactly, and. You, you get that in Remember the Camp, but you, you didn't get as much of it as I think it was in the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, the episode wraps up with uh, Miller's partner, Havelock, uh, getting ambushed by... Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> I I can't remember the uh, the name of the person. Um, it's some weird name. But uh, we, we find out later. But he gets ambushed and then uh, stabbed. <laughs> And then left. For yeah, that, that was pretty violent. I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> yeah, and I honestly, I for some reason, when it comes to like, I, I really like like detective stuff and mystery uh, novels and shows and stuff. I I always, for whatever reason, get myself attached to the um, partner rather than the main character. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So I was really devastated when I saw that. Like I, I have written in the show notes here. No, not have luck. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was a bit of a shocker. It was a it was a pretty uh, pretty well done scene, I thought. Mm-hmm. And they made you feel the, the 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 terror or the horror that would have been, you know, kind of going through Havelock if that yeah. was happening to you. Mm-hmm. That was a well done scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, so <laughs> might as well continue on to uh, episode four now, CQB. Um, this <laughs> I, I like the opening of this one because uh, we see. Uh, Holden and you know his crew are still on the uh, Mars ship, and they get attacked. 
but the way the way they act just is so cocky and i love it because it it kind of reminds me in um episode four of star wars when uh the rebels are attacking the death star and tarkin's just like why should i evacuate <laughs> right. in my moment of triumph when they're about to blow right. up the uh <laughs> yep. the rebel base there's um, no danger to us <laughs> exactly so uh yeah that was <laughs> that that was a very um interesting little observation uh, in fact I would probably say that um, I don't want to associate Mars with the bad guys yet just because, you know, I have not, again, read the books or seen enough of the show to kind of mm-hmm. nail who is good and who is bad. Like, I feel like everybody has their own reasons for doing what they do. And maybe, you know, Earth, um, the Belters and Mars all have a... a um, they have differing goals and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, opinions on things that no one's really correct and no one's really wrong. Um, it really right. I mean, they've all got their own agenda, and no one's really out to hurt anybody else. They're just trying to get their own their own plan in place. You know, exactly. Um, and you know, Mars again. I think what you know you mentioned about the uh, we mentioned about the um, uniforms. Um, already but you know they, they they just look so much more polished that the ship is you know state-of-the-art martian warship is a head and shoulders above what the un has and yeah. way above what you know the canterbury was being an old ice hauler you know it's, yeah. it's not even close to being the same level of technology um and it just felt very cool to have a really high-tech warship in you know not so far removed from what we have you know you know, in reality today, I mean, this is what you could see in a hundred years from us, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, no one's traveling faster than light. No one's doing, you know, kind of weird, uh, you know, Stargate stuff. This is all kind of based on real life technology that could evolve into what, what it has. Um, and it's one thing the books done, did really well and the TV show was taking in, into consideration as well is that it makes you feel like what it would be if we were really going into space, you know, a hundred years from now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, nothing, nothing is so outlandishly advanced that we're going, oh, that's just really sci-fi. No, it's just, this, is, this could really happen, you know, you, you, you think to yourself. And, um, and that's where, when, you, when we get into talking about the battle, um, I thought that was so well done in the TV show. Mm-hmm. I, I 100% agree. Um, honestly, I think everything visually about uh, Mars is, or, the, or the, anything that has to relate to, the Mar, to Mars and Mars Navy is very very well done. I like. I loved the set in this scene. I love the visuals. Um, I don't. I don't know if it was like you know actual sets or if it was CG. But if anything around them was like CG, it was phenomenally mm-hmm. well done. Like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, unlike other locations that have been done with computer effects um, and real actors, I think this could age very well. Yep. And, you know, even 10 years down the line, it will still look top-notch. Um, oh, I think so. I think you're right, yep. But yeah, you're, you're right about the battle, um, the, the battle scenes. Like, especially, uh, there's a part where um, I think some of the uh, enemy uh, ships are getting closer to the, um, what is it, the Donager? The Donager was the uh, Mars ship, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they start shooting, like, rail guns, and it just, it looks... So mm-hmm. good for a TV show. <clears throat> yeah. 
just and you know, and, and I'm excited to talk to you after you've read the books too, because the way they describe the battles and the way you know the the fights were fought is just wow, that's so realistic and so it feels like it really could happen that way, you know, and mm-hmm. man. Um. So with Holden, uh, they keep uh, going on, or they he has to meet the uh, the captain, Captain Yao. Of, uh, of of the uh, ship they're on, and mm-hmm. you know when they get attacked, he gets put down in this um, put down in this chair, strapped down, and he just has to kind of watch as you know they they kind of don't really know what to do because they've never really been in this kind of combat situation, but you know they try to make the best of it, and then a uh, a a ship comes up on screen and uh, Holden sees it, he's like, I recognize that ship, that's the one that or that's similar to one that uh, destroyed the cant. So we find out that the ones that are attacking Mars are also attacking, or the, are the ones that also destroyed the Cant. Mm-hmm. So that was a huge um, re- uh, revelation. But the scene Definitely. I wanna, the scene I want to talk about. Okay. Is, uh, well, there's two scenes really. Uh, we see uh, Alex and Naomi and um, Amos and Shed sitting in this room uh, all together, and. Um, they're sitting there and talking, and Alex mentions that he is a uh, in the Mars Navy. He used to be a glorified bus driver. <laughs> so, Lou, I got to ask you: Does that make him Hera from Star Wars Rebels? Uh, I guess it could. <laughs> although, although I do have a lot more respect for Alex than I do for Hera at the moment, because <laughs> Alex is such a I don't know more impressive pilot than than Hera has been. Mm-hmm. But. Truth, you know, truth in, in in that she hasn't really had the chance to shine, yeah. like like Alex has. Alex has done amazing work in the books, and you'll 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 see this as you get into it further, um, in how much of a good pilot he is, and what he's done, and and just just how the ships fight. I mean, talking about um, you know point defense cannons going off and and, and using rail guns and getting you know. Um, you know, accelerating a tungsten slug that's only a kilo up to, you know, percentage of, of, of light speed that can just go through another ship without even flinching. It's just amazing when you think about it and what he can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and just the fact that he has control of all that and he's flying the ship, yeah, I got props for him. He's born to glorify bus driver. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the, the, the big scene, and this is, this is the thing that I was spoiled with, but thankfully I... I when I saw this the first time, I didn't know who the character was, and then I just it went out of my mind because okay. I couldn't associate with it. I knew okay. about Shed's death, yep, um, beforehand, but and I, I knew someone was dying, but that's that's all I knew. I didn't know who it was. But so uh, he's he's reaching over to give uh, Alex something. I don't know what it was. I guess it was something maybe to calm him down because he looked like he was about to have a panic attack. Right. And and the, the camera is focused in on uh, the object traveling to um, Alex's hand, and then all of a sudden, like, the sound cuts. Right. And then, like, the camera kind of pans around and shows the rest of the crew, and it, you see a hole. But I didn't know it was a hole at first. <laughs> and then it just yeah. keeps going and going and going, and then it gets to shed, and his head is just gone. There's a hole behind him. And there's like a little tiny bit of blood coming out of the top because it's from, um, it's like, they like don't have gravity or something like that, uh, at the time. So it was visually, or it was very surprising. Like I, I yelled 
um, words that I can't uh, repeat on this awesome. podcast right now. But awesome. uh, I, I yelled and uh, was very surprised. But I love how it looked visually. Like, I feel bad for Shed because he was a good guy. Uh, yeah. Just, it looked wonderfully, wonderfully done. Um, it was it was one of the things where even in the book it was really surprising and you know they, they talk about um you know a railgun shot which is basically just a, a slug of, of metal mm-hmm. um I think in this case it was tungsten carbide that was being used and, and it just in the book they described it I think as holes opened up in either end of the compartment they were in mm-hmm. that intersected with Shed's head. Yeah. And it's like they open at the same time, so it was like you didn't even see it or hear it or feel it. It was no no visual reaction. It was just all of a sudden there was no holes in the compartment, and then there was two holes in a missing head. Yeah, it's like wow, you know. And you, even in the book, it was pretty surprising and pretty pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but just you know, you think about it, it's it's hard hard to get your mind around how things can travel that fast. That mm-hmm. you know, it, it's just it's awesome. Technology-wise. Uh, I also liked when... Uh, I, I'm a big sucker when it comes to cool-looking effects, um, even if they involve you know decapitation in this case. Uh, <laughs> but they, they seal up the holes, and uh, I guess gravity goes back to normal. And then instead of, <laughs> instead of uh, the blood uh, from where his neck was, um, like just coming up in like tiny little spurts, it just like comes up and then just falls all over his body. Oh, right. It looked wonderful. It was it was great. Yep, yep, and, and that's one thing the thing about this this show that I like it as well too is the uh, you know technology kind of relating to what is plausible in the near future. It's not like we have artificial gravity. The the, the gravity in the show is all thrust gravity. Yeah. So you know when the ship was damaged, the the engines cut out. There was no thrust. Everybody goes on the float. So you're just floating around in the compartment you're in. Yeah. And then when thrust comes back on, you've got you know, thrust that you've got gravity again, which mm-hmm. is, you know, kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so, uh, hold in a bit back and because they, they, they have to, they come to the conclusion that the ship just is not going to win. Like they're going to be, you know, destroyed. Uh, mm. so holding comes back that cause he's, he has to get out of there cause he's the only one who can, um, testify to, uh, Mars. Their original plan is to go to Mars, go somewhere, uh, on Mars, and, you know, testify, say, hey, this is what happened. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, we're the survivors, you know, help us out. Right. Uh, so he has to try to get out of there. They end up, they do end up escaping. And it's uh, just the, uh, the original crew and one of the um, uh, Mars soldiers, Lopez. Right, right. Well, the, you know, the Mars Navy was going to evacuate him. The captain gave the command to... Yeah. You know, evacuate the, the the survivors of the Canterbury. So this you know Mars fire team um, goes to get them out of where they were. It was kind of cool because there was no atmosphere out in the hallway. Yeah, because <laughs> because that had been been um, you know damaged and exposed to space. So they had to you know erect a makeshift um, you know bubble of oxygen, and they had to get them suits, and they're kind of going you know now it's a firefight down to the bay to, to get them into a, a ship to get out of there with. Yeah. And, um, and I thought that was a pretty, pretty well done sequence event as well, too. Not only do we have a, a brutal space combat, which you didn't see a lot of, but you kind of felt it. Now you had real, you know, well, close quarters combat, um, you know, down the hallway to the, to the, um, to the shuttle bay. Mm-hmm. Um, 
unfortunately, uh, Amos and Lopez actually get wounded uh, as they are um, entering the uh, escape shuttle or the escape ship. Rather, it's not it's not really a shuttle. Um, right. Yeah. In this case, it's not a shuttle. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that really concludes their uh, storyline. Uh, I don't I don't think Christian has any um, has any scenes. If she does, it's nothing really that I took notice of. Again, I, I'm not I'm, I'm keeping her in my mind. I'm just not paying too much attention to it. Yeah, I don't think she was really in this episode. To tell you the truth, um, but Miller, on the other hand, he kind of has some scene, some good scenes. Uh, he goes back to kind of tracking down. Um, uh, Julie Mao, uh, because you know, dis- despite having protests around him, he's just going to do his job, I guess. <laughs> uh, and you know, the fact that his partner is missing too, he kind of, I guess, he just doesn't care about that. Uh, but he uh, comes across the name of a guy, and they said it in the episode. I'm probably going to bur- butcher it here. Busy Batinko or Binko or something like that. Yeah, I think so. That, okay. That's close enough for me. I'm bad with names. As far as pronouncing them. <laughs> so uh, they they tracked this person down who ended up actually dying in the uh, in one of the protest thing. Uh, somehow this guy busy is connected to um, Julie. Well, uh, yeah, he was an information broker. I think right. He was. He yeah, had a, he was, he, he, they called him a data broker. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Uh, but but come to find out. Uh, this guy busy isn't actually busy. The real busy is not even anywhere near the uh, space station. Oh, I think it meant like he was like loafing off and just kind of relaxing. You, you know, it wasn't busy. Yeah. Uh, oh, <laughs> sorry. I just. <laughs> oh, Lou. Well, you know, Joel's not here. I had to make a joke like that. <laughs> that what? is true. If Joel was here, he would he would make a he would make a busy joke. Mm-hmm. Um. Joel's one of our uh, Patreon supporters, and and uh, he runs he runs our Twitter too. So, for those of you don't that don't know Joel, you should you should say hi to him sometime. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, so they find out that busy or this guy that's pretending to be busy isn't actually busy at all. Um, in fact, the, the this guy, uh, he he kind of what's the what what what's a good way to say it? Uh, he has some kind of ID thing installed in his body, so he yep. can he can be different people at once. I don't know what the word is for that. Um, mm-hmm. Or he pre- he pretends he just takes on names of people. So uh, that, that that's how Miller um, finds that out. But he really I don't, I don't think they have anything um, major happen aside from that until the next episode. Uh, we do find out that uh, Havelock isn't actually dead. Yay! Um, someone finds his body, and I, I, it looks like it's an old lady attempting to rob him, and then he just, like, wakes up, and he's like, help. <laughs> and, you know, she runs away at, acting, oh, help, you know, officer down, officer down. And uh, it, it's funny because, because, you know, she was trying to probably... Try, try to steal from him, yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, grave rob. <laughs> uh, so that was CQB. Honestly, that's probably my favorite episode that I've seen uh, up to now. Okay. Um, granted, only I've seen five episodes, but I, I think it was uh, my favorite just because it was really action packed and we got some character development. Um, now the next one, episode five, back to the butcher. Uh, I didn't really have a lot to, you know, 
there was probably quite a bit that went on in this episode, but I really didn't have a lot that just kind of stood out to me as important. Yeah, I think this is another one of those episodes that's kind of giving you a chance to catch your breath. Yeah. And kind of set the stage for the next couple episodes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to introduce a new character. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fred Johnson, who yep. we find out is the butcher of Anderson Station. Anderson Station is a new uh, new location. So, uh, can, Lou, can you tell me what what you think I should know about Fred Johnson? Um, without giving stuff away, I don't think I can say much. Um, oh, I was hoping <laughs> I mean, you'd I think, at least give me something. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm going to be good. I mean, I mean, I like Fred Johnson's character in, in the novels. Um, I, I love the title, The Butcher Anderson Station. That just sounds really kind of, you know, okay, this guy's not one you want to mess with. Um, but he is now, you know, the legitimate face of the OPA. I mean, he is the guy running things uh, for the OPA and, uh, you know, Tycho Station. Um, he's he's being the um, well. I mean, let's put it this way: he was a a, a Earther who has defected mm-hmm. away, and now he's he's running things for um, Tycho Station. So he's kind of the legitimate arm of the OPA, I guess. He's he's the he's the one you'll be talking with if you are you know the UN or Mars because he's a diplomat now. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was you know kind of the bad guy for a while. Um, but the OPA is trying to become a real legitimate power, and I think to do that, they can't be terrorists anymore. They have to be, um, you know, above board, I guess. So he is kind of the, you know, the nice guy now as as far as uh, the OPA and dealing with the UN and Mars. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, we first see him um, when uh, Holden is uh, him, him and his crew get a message um, saying that they can come and I guess for the lack of a better word, dock at their, at the, at, you know, the station. Um, and, you know, Naomi is very conflicted about it. Um, mm-hmm. Holden and Alex are, they, they have a, they have a vote. Holden and Alex um, vote yes. Uh, Naomi says no, and then Amos wants to side with her, so he says no too. So then they end up, and you know, Holden's just like, well, where else can we go? You know, um, we have. Uh, I, I can't. Well, well the other thing too is that they're in a, you know, well, it's under up for debate whether it's stolen or salvaged. Yeah. Uh, ship, which is a you know not just a shuttle. This is a state of the art Martian warship. It's a it's a torpedo bomber. I think they called it in mm-hmm. the book. Um, so, you know, it, it's a, it's a pretty bad little ship and anywhere they go, they're going to be recognized as a Martian warship. So, exactly. So, so they can't go to, they say it on the show, they can't go to Mars because, uh, they're the last two survivors of not only the Cant, but the uh, Doniger as well. And they have a dead, uh, uh, Mars soldier on, on board. So, cause Lopez has, has since kicked the bucket. Um, right, yeah, and before he died, he turned over control of the ship to to Holden. Yeah, gave so, him the codes. Yep. So uh, you know they can't go there, and you know they can't go to Earth, and they can't go to Sierra Station. So you know what what do you do? Um, so this is really the only place they can go to. Um, meanwhile, they do have a uh, have a scene. Now, is this Anderson Station that this next part is on? Um, it's where all of these people are. Uh, they get called. Terrorists, 
Yeah, th- this was kind of the backstory for um, for Fred Johnson. Okay, telling you why he was the butcher manager station. Okay, and and what it was was uh, I think it was eleven years prior, he was a colonel um, in the UN Marines or you know Earth Earth Marines. Okay, and he was leading an assault on this mining station. Um, to get rid of the protesters, and I guess he killed everybody. Yeah, he even though he the, pretty even much though blew everything surrender. up. Right. Um, because we see it's actually a really it's a sad scene. Um, yeah, but it, it's it's very well done. The that there's a guy holding his his daughter, and he's recording a uh, video message, and mm-hmm. uh, trying to reach out to the UN um, to not blow them up, and. Or to, they, they want to surrender, so you know. I'm assuming that they're they were going to blow them up otherwise. Uh, so he's recording the message, and then you know you see it cut out because they're they, they're getting attacked. Well, then we see in the next scene, um, this guy is now floating out in space, dead, clutching his child in his arms, and it's just so sad. <laughs> but it, visually, it, it looks cool, but it's still very sad. Right. I actually didn't. I'm glad. We're doing this because I didn't know that this was ten uh, or whatever years prior to the present. Yeah, I may have gotten that from the book. To tell you the truth, I'm not sure it was in the TV show, but I don't think it was. It was like ten plus years uh, before that. Okay. Yeah, but it, that's what everybody knows. I miss it, so yeah, I mean, that's what everybody knows. This guy Fred Johnson, he was the guy that did that. Okay. Um, so the butcher, he literally butchered Anderson Station. Right. Okay. I get it now. Speaking, I, I want to say one more thing about Fred Johnson before we go on to uh, Miller's story. Chad Coleman is the um, is the guy who plays him, and I, I looked up looked him up because I, I saw that he looked familiar, and he was apparently on The Walking Dead at some point. I don't watch The Walking Dead. Oh, I'm trying to think about that. Yeah, I'm sure uh, I've seen him. Do there. a quick uh, a quick search here. Um, that was what the Wikipedia. Thing. Oh, let's see. Uh, he was uh, Tyrese Williams on Walking Dead. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember now. Yep. Uh, let's see if he was anything else I know. Um, nothing in film. Uh, he was in The Wire. Um, mm, Walking Dead. Yeah, and that's really the only thing he's been in. He was oh, he's okay. apparently an Arrow. He is okay. Oh yeah, yeah, he was in recently. Yeah, he was uh, the new big bad guy coming in. Mm-hmm. Toby's Church. I think he's dead now, but I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, the one thing before we move on to Miller storyline, um, not only did Fred kind of you know ask them to come to Tycho Station, he gave them instructions on how to modify the ship's transponder. Yeah, exactly. Become something else, which I thought was pretty good. And it was a big thing in the book. It was a big thing in the in the show as well. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where they get it, their uh, their name. Exactly. Um, you know, in in the transponder ownership is one of the things that's not supposed to be able to be modified. You can't change it. You can't just you know, okay, where's so and so instead of this? I mean, it's supposed to be hard coded in there. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about how, yeah, if you try to do it to a you know civilian transponder. It'll just um, you know melt down and be unusable, you know. So then people know that you tried screwing this thing, and you're 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 going to be you know in trouble. Yeah. And he's like, and then he said, "This one's a military one. We're not sure what happens. Maybe it maybe it goes nuclear." 
you know, it's like <laughs> okay, that's interesting. So, you know, they've 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 now got away from uh, from Fred Johnson to to modify this and deciding whether or not to do that and how to do that is always a um, I, I thought it was a cool discussion amongst the, amongst the crew because mm-hmm. now it's like a point of return. Yeah. You know, if you're going to do this, now what do you do? Exactly. Uh, Miller, meanwhile, um, he's doing more investigation uh, into uh, Julie and her story. Uh, finds out that, or he tracks down a guy that uh, he f- has seen on security footage um, attempting to, I guess, you know, I, I, I guess he attacked uh, Julie and uh, Julie put him in his place pretty much. Um, yeah. <laughs> but he, he tracked, Miller tracks this guy down and uh, gets a little bit more information about her. I can't really remember exactly what he gets just because again, it, it's something that I'm not, I'm thinking might not be too important. Um, what I can remember is that, uh, the ship that, uh, she was on and the ship, there's another ship or something that they were like trying to meet, um, at the same time, because apparently one of those ships has something important on it. Yep. Yeah. So, um, but this was really at the end of that end of the episode, so we can probably talk about it a little bit more in episode well, six. You know, he, yeah. So, but you know, he finds evidence that, that links her to the OPA. So now he's trying yeah. to, you know, really figure. out, Okay, so now you got Daddy's girl, who is you know the daughter of one of these you know rich businessmen in in the solar system. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one of the richest guys out there. And, you know, why is she rebelling? What's she doing? Is she just trying to make a name for herself? And, and now it's like, well, how far do you go if you're, um, you know, the daughter of this rich guy? And um, and now we're learning that she was really working with the OPA and she was doing stuff um, that had to deal with the scopuli and some other, other stuff out there. And, and now it's putting the pieces together um, that will lead Miller towards, um, you know, the next stage of his um, investigation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the episode ends with uh, Miller getting captured by two suspicious-looking people. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets a bag or something put over his head and then dragged away, and then the credits roll. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, cliffhanger. Yep. But good thing is that I have uh, the, ep- the episode right after that uh, immediately accessible. I don't have to wait a week. That's right. You're not watching it live when they come on TV. You're watching it off of uh, you know, streaming now, so you have access to all the things that are all out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I actually uh, liked, because I, I did watch uh, episodes one and two live as they premiered, uh, and I really enjoyed tweeting along with um, you know, some of the cast members and, uh, and the Expanse um, Twitter account and the writer's Twitter account. Yep. Um, I, I'm one of those weird people that likes live tweeting shows, so I I, no, I think I, missed, I think it's cool. I, I missed that, uh, you know, after episode two. So I'm really looking forward to doing that again uh, for season two, especially if it kind of keeps up this, um, if it, if it holds my interest as much as the first five episodes have, which I'm sure okay. it will. Oh, I'm sure it will. I mean, and this is one of the shows that's, that's good that way that you can do that with. I, I just so rarely watch things live. Yeah. Uh, even if I'm watching them like the week after, it's usually not that night. I mean, mm-hmm. I, don't, I, don't, I don't do commercials. So, yeah. <laughs> so I always watch it on DVR and fast forward through them or get them on iTunes like I've done this last uh, season. Um, 
it's just it makes it for a tighter episode. I'm not worrying about waiting and pausing and stopping and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell you the one thing I am doing um, on this on this rewatch that, that I'm doing now to catch up again is I'm watching them with the Sci-Fi Sync app. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of the second second best thing to live tweeting. You get the Sync app going and it gives you insights into different things that are happening in the episode, which is kind of nice. Um, but also, I think I talked about last time on the show, um, I do have a set of Hue lights in my living room, and if you sync up with the Sci-Fi app, it'll change the colors of your lights oh, as you cool. as you watch it. So you know, it's not not a game changer, but certainly as you're watching it, when the when the scene is more blue on screen and it changes your your lights in the living room to be more blue, mm-hmm. you feel like you're there. You feel like you're part of that that scene, which is which is really fun. Mm-hmm. And the show definitely has a lot of blues. I'm sure. You have a lot of that. Yeah, but like, like when you go to like the outside scenes in in series where they're you know outside Star Helix Security, where it's sort of bright and, and airy, the lights turn more daylight. You mm-hmm. know, not not even incandescent bulb light, but you know, like, like actual daylight. Yeah. Uh, when you're in a you know, you know the the, the more grimy sections of the station, it's more yellowish light and and, and tinted. Yeah. Uh, it's just it's just really cool. Mm-hmm. So that really uh, wraps it up with these uh, these three episodes here. Um, not really much else to say. Uh, just that I I really can't wait for the next one. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and, and I, I kind of say that you know we're kind of going through these pretty fast because we need to get these out before season two premieres. Mm-hmm. Once we get to season two, we're going to be doing more in depth discussion about what's going on and oh yeah, and definitely stuff. I just want everybody to think that we're we're, we're kind of glossing over a lot of stuff that we're not covering because you know we're trying to get through these fast because we have uh, season two imminently approaching. We are what's what's today the thirteenth of uh, yeah today is thirteenth of uh, January. January. So we've got and, and we're doing one episode a week up until the first, and by the first we want to have um, the lat the I think I think what we're doing is next time we're going to do episodes uh, six through eight. And then the last uh, or the fourth episode of Crash Cows will will be nine and ten of the Expanse. So, mm. um, the two it was two, three, three and two. So, yeah, and nine and ten are going to be some awesome episodes to talk about. Yeah, <clears> and <throat> I, I saw where when that aired, it like aired at the on this at the same time. So I said we've got to have like that just be one episode because I'm yeah sure. n- yeah yeah nine and ten aired as one long episode really. Yeah, so I, I'm sure we will have a lot to discuss with that. Um, but yeah, that's about it. So, uh, like I said, next time with Crash Couch, uh, we'll be talking about episodes six through eight. That is Rock Bottom, Windmills, and Savage. Um, you can send us your feedback on uh, this episode to Crash Couch at randomchatter dot com. Uh, that goes to uh, myself, um, Eric, and Lou. So you know, we'll get it. Um, let us know what you think because. You know, we're kind of, you know, like Lou said, I know we're kind of blowing over some of this, uh, you know, potentially important details um, just for this this first uh, season, just because, you know, we're trying to catch up. We want to be caught up for season two, and this is really the only way that we know to do it. Um, mm-hmm. So if you have any feedback about that or um, good thing you like, bad thing you like about the, either uh, our uh, podcast or the show itself, um, let us know. Again, that is crashcouch at randomchatter.com. 
And of course, you can interact with us online. We're on Facebook. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash random chatter network. Uh, we are on Twitter as well. The Twitter feed for the show is at crash couch. Um, you can find the network feed at random chatter. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Lou Secchi. That's L-O-U-S-E-C-K-I. Eric, who's not here, is just Eric Blythe. That's E-R-I-K-B-O-Y-T-H-E. And Chris, where can they find you on Twitter? Uh, I am at the curse of Chris. Um, oh, and special shout out to Joel, uh, who manages uh, not only the Crash Couch Twitter, but uh, also some of our other uh, show Twitters. He does a great job at getting out content. He's a big fan of uh, The Expanse. So um, if you uh, tweet to Crash Couch, uh, he will reply and probably get into conversation with you about the show or the books. So <laughs> be prepared. Um in the meantime, you can find all of our shows on the network at randomchatter.com. We have a whole slew with more of them coming. Um, it's almost uh, exhausting to uh, read them all out. We have our Random Chatter, our show. Uh, we have our Star Wars uh, content. We have Echo Base and Ghost Stories, plus a new uh, show, Star Wars show, that we'll be, we will be releasing very soon, uh, maybe even by the time this comes out. Um, we have Outer Rim, uh, Green Justice, uh, Scarlet Velocity, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Case Files, uh, we have the Retro Convos, the Bach Table, and finally, Cordcast. So, go and check those out. Lots of good stuff out there. And, of course, we'd love it if you spread the word about these shows. Um, you can leave reviews for us on iTunes. You can leave reviews for us on Stitcher. Uh, one of the best ways to get the word out is to tell your friends. Uh, you got friends who are into the same stuff you are. Chances are they might like our podcast as well. So, uh, you can certainly do that. And um, if you're looking for a way to help uh, keep the lights on around here, we do have a Patreon site set up, um, patreon.com slash randomchatter. We appreciate all the donations from anybody who's donated to us so far. Uh, it's also a great way to interact with us. Uh, at all the donation levels on Patreon now get you into our Slack channel, which is kind of our closed community um, of listeners that we interact with on a daily basis. In fact, uh, probably too much interaction for members <laughs> to keep up with sometimes, but uh, there's some great discussions that go on there. We've got channels from everything from you know Battle on Five to um, you know this show to Star Wars to getting ready for Celebration coming up, all kinds of stuff. So um, if you want to know more about that, check us out uh, Patreon.com/slash/RandomChatter. Yep. And if you have any questions too about Slack or how Patreon works or something, uh, just let us know too because we we will be happy to answer that. So. Well, that's that's really about it for this episode of uh, Crash Couch. Uh, hopefully, uh, Eric will be back uh, next time for our discussion of episodes six through eight. Uh, in the meantime, Lou, thanks for uh, joining me. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for having me. And we'll see everyone next time. Take care. See ya.